When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined from 3,000 miles away by the one and only from our TV sets flipping out, Miss Megan Weaver. How are you? No, how are you? What is going on with you today? Oh, well, I just finished about an hour ago Jeff Lewis Live over at Mr. Lewis's house on Valley Vista. We had the gorgeous and hilarious Jamie Presley on with us today. So that was an exciting uh, get, as they say. (laughs) That is what they say. We're going to talk all about that. Well, you're a very exciting get to us. So there you go. But Jamie Presley is a very good get. And I have lots of questions about Jeff Lewis Live. Now you are, as we were just saying, you are calling from your bed today. Yes. So- we have a full house today. So we have my two kids who are 13 and 14, almost 14 and 15. My boyfriend, Ben's son, who's 17. And then we have Ben and his friend, David, who's, who's over because his, they're filming at his house. And so it's a full house. So I just escaped to the bedroom. And I got to tell you, I've been doing like emails and work. And I just love working from my bed. You can see my headboard behind me. But, I like it. <laughs> it's really cozy. I mean, listen, I have, during quarantine, I have this thing. I mean, I've never been so excited to like, I've created three work areas. There's my desk, there's the bed. And then like somewhere in the middle of quarantine, I discovered working from the couch is a whole new world. It's so a now, whole new right? world. Yes, I have, I have various workstations, I call them at my house too. Dining room table, couch, desk, and my bed now. The bed is a, because you know what, like, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I like to take everything and just like put it all, like literally be like, I don't need to get out of this bed for like five hours. Like everything. Abs, it's all right at my fingertips. I think Carrie Fisher, if I remember correctly, I think she used to do that, like work in her bed. 
And like Sonia Morgan, I think I see her a lot on Housewives with her shit all over her bed. I'm into it. I'm kind of into it. So what's going on now? What is going on really there in LA? Like you're not fully locked down again, are you? You know, they are, um, restaurants are open for the most part outside. They're, they have not opened up back inside again. Nail salons are still closed. Um, I have a lady who comes to my house and she sits in my backyard and we both wear masks. Thank God. But she's a fortune. Anyway, um, I think I heard that salons, like um, meaning like hair salons, I heard that they're starting to open up slowly with this. So it's it's this weird hybrid of like, the you know lockdown but not lockdown and obviously you have to wear a mask everywhere you go and you know and which is great um but yeah it's this weird like odd is it it feels a little looser but it's not so I don't know it's all crazy that's kind of how New York is I mean our our restaurants are open now inside like at limited capacity but I'm telling you I said this before it's like when we were fully locked down, it almost made more sense because you knew what to do. Now it's like you don't know what to do. That's so true. It's like, yeah, like I said, it's like this hybrid of like, uh, what's happening? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little confusing right now. But I think the best, you know, the best policy is just be careful, keep doing what you were doing, wear your mask, you know, try not to be around too many people. The same old, same old, you know. Are you from L.A. originally? I am born in really? the San Fernando Valley. I'm a Valley girl. Do you love being a Valley girl? I do. I really do. I like, uh, I own it. Uh, I grew up here. I didn't, I lived, I, look, I've lived in, um, in Hollywood and I've lived on the other side of the hill. And of course I've lived in, you know, um, great places, but the Valley is just also being a mom. It's kind of a great place to raise kids. It's, it's just a little easier than the other side of the hill. That makes sense. Hollywood, West Hollywood, Beverly Hills, the city, they call it. And that's where Jeff is? Jeff is, is Jeff in like the hills? No, he's two minutes away from me. He lives right down the street. I could walk to his house. I don't, but I could. I didn't realize Valley Vista was. It's in in the valley. Well. It's in in Sherman Oaks in uh, the, yeah, the San Fernando Valley. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And when you were growing up, so, I mean, I know you started, like, your first career was, like, was your first career as a production assistant for uh, Steven Spielberg? It or did was. You- it was. It was as a PA for Steven Spielberg, and then I worked there for years and years and years and years and years and years, and it was fantastic. It was amazing. I loved that job. <laughs> did you always want to do something, like, with entertainment? Just yeah. I always wanted to be in the film business. I remember as a kid, I wanted to be a director and I didn't go to film school because I couldn't get in. So then I ended up doing, I ended up going to recording art school and like recording bands, which was pretty cool. Um, but I always wanted to be in the film business. Yes, that was, my family was in the film business and it was kind of just, you know, it, it's what I knew. How does one get, I mean, you must've been thrilled to get a job with Steven Spielberg. I mean, that's not a bad thing. You know, my mom has always told me that I was born under a lucky star, and I think that I believed it, and that was definitely my lucky star, because I was just fresh out of LMU, out of university, and my friend from high school was working at Amblin. It was called Amblin, and I always thought that she was so like, oh my God, I can't believe that sounds like such a great job, and then she got me an interview, and I went right from college into working for Steven Spielberg. It was a dream. It was a dream. Did you have any like favorite movie you worked on or? Yeah, well, I started working as a PA and I was there when they were just starting um, pre-production on Jurassic Park. 
And so that was pretty fantastic. And then uh, there was a time where I filled in for one of Steven's assistants on um, Schindler's List. And that was a pretty incredible experience. That was, I have to say out of all the movies, the things that I experienced while he was making that movie in the office and um, was pretty, pretty special. but they you know they're always fun movies men in black twister you know all those kinds of those you know those are just such fun popcorn movies and it was great to be around for all of that i mean like as a pa like do you interact with steven spielberg yes he was really yeah back then that was pre-dreamworks so it was just you know it was a production company on the universal lot and i saw him a lot and he was just just so wonderful and kind and and a great great guy yeah I I did spend interact with him quite a bit wow because I mean you don't know like yeah he could have been like the wizard like the wizard of Oz like you never get to see him you know Uh uh-uh he was I mean he was just a part of the fabric of of Amblin any like fun Steven Spielberg stories yeah one great story that I always like to tell is that I was working there I don't know early on and one of the security guards found a little baby kitten so maybe the cat was like a day old and it had fallen out of a sparklets truck. And so I decided that I was going to be the kitten's mama. And so I fed it. Uh, and this is while Steven was in uh, Prague or somewhere um, filming Schindler's List and I was in his office. Anyway, I nursed that cat. I nursed the cat. The cat lived. The cat ended up living at Amblin because it's like, it's like living in the magical forest. I mean, there are ponds and, and trees. I mean, that place, that campus is so beautiful. But anyway, to make a long story short, when Steven got back from shooting Schindler's List, he saw the kitten in the lobby and he got down on all fours with the cat and was like, I'm going to take care of this cat its entire life. And he called her Raptor. Her name was Zorro, but he called her Raptor because she would like to jump on his shoulder from like the tops of doors at Amblin. And anyway, he was so, he would write me checks when the cat got injured or hurt or, you know, so he was like, he was Zorro's fairy godfather, shall we say. Steven Spielberg is a cat man. He was, he was a cat man to my cat. That's for sure. Did you like, I mean, are you the type to get starstruck, like being from, like, you know, did, did a lot of people come and go out of there? Were you ever just like, oh my, oh my God. God. Yes. I mean, you name it. And they were, they were there. I, there were so many stars and it sort of became, you got a little, um, not numb to it, but less, you know, it just was such a normal occurrence. Um, people coming in and out. But one person that I got super starstruck with, I have to say was Antonio Banderas. And that was during, during Zorro. And my cat was in my inbox curled up in a little ball and uh, Antonio Banderas came over and he started petting the cat and the cat would normally like scratch people but for some reason like the cat knew that it was Antonio Banderas and the cat was just like purring and couldn't be sweeter but he was a good one um there was just you know Dustin Hoffman was in and out Tom Hanks like you name it people came and went the funniest thing I ever saw was Weird Al Yankovic was there once and that really that was a little surreal Weird Al, Weird Al Yankovic. I don't know. Yankovic, whatever. He was in the lobby one time and I was like, that's odd. You just keep going about your day. Any good Drew Barrymore stories? You know, I didn't, she wasn't around a lot. Um, when I started, she, she was pretty young. And I know that she was, she is very, very close to Stephen, but I didn't see yeah. her come and go. I don't think they were doing things together at that point. But she, he loves her to pieces. That's for sure. I did have um, E.T., the, the actual E.T. costume 
was in my office for like the first two years that I worked there. I put my purse on top of it. It was in like a, you know, Lucite box and I put my purse on top of it. And like, you know, ET and I just hung out all day. That's like iconic. It's kind of ridiculous actually. Like when I think about it, I'm like, that is just, that doesn't happen to people, you know? <laughs> right. Like that's the thing. Like when it's your everyday life, like you do get numb to it. Yeah, and then Mm-hmm. Like, you almost need to take yourself out of it and be like, wait, like, that's kind of a big deal, even though it didn't feel like a big deal at the time. Yeah, like, this isn't normal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, E.T. I mean, it's E.T. It's fun to talk about. It's fun that, to talk to people like you and, you know, just remember those days, because it's, you know, it was very special to me. And I'm sure that's one of the things that always comes up. Like, when you chat with people like me, they're always like... Yep. So how do you get from that to design? Well, it's funny because at one of my jobs, as I moved up the ranks at Amblin, they brought in a new president and vice president that was replacing Kathleen Kennedy. Um, and um, they were new. And so I started working for them. And they, so what Stephen did was he built them some new offices, right? Swanky, cool offices. This really famous designer came in to design them named Michael Smith and did a great job. But I always found myself like rearranging their furniture or, you know, asking if we could get a console table in the assistant's office. And, you know, and then when we remodeled the little kitchenette, I was involved in what tile we got and where the refrigerator was going to go. So even then, when I wanted to have a film career, I was designing. So, I, but I didn't have, it didn't even occur to me that this is what you love to do more than reading the scripts is to rearrange the furniture in, at Amblin. So, you know, I, I stayed in the film business for a while and then I ended up getting into the internet business. And then I was a model and then I had babies. And so I kind of just stopped doing everything and, you know, raised these two children. Um, And that's when I got into design was during the time that I was, you know, a a mother to young kids. Did you like being a model? I didn't. I actually hated it. Um, You know, I got, I have some incredible, great photos for my kids to see and their kids and their kids. But, you know, I didn't like being in front of the camera. That's never been you know, something that I've, I've never wanted to be an actor. Uh, I kind of fell into the modeling thing. I'm more of like a behind the scenes kind of a person. And it, it felt weird to be told what to do. And oftentimes I would tell the photographer what I thought. And that's a big no, no. (laughs) They're like, that's not your job. Oh girl, just shut up and look pretty. Um, So I didn't love it. It was very short lived. I think I did it for a couple, three years or something and then moved on. But uh, yeah, that wasn't my favorite career. Was it the stereotypical, like, you know, a lot of people watching everything they eat and just like all the things you think? Well, lucky for me, I was a plus size model. So I was about, back then, plus size was a size 10. So now it's much more representative of, you know, real women and real women are size, you know, 16, 18, 20, you know, not everybody. So, so to be a plus size model in the nineties was like, like being a model now, you know what I mean? It was just, yeah. Was so I can't believe that I was considered plus size at, with a size 10. That's, re, that's crazy to me. Right. Like that says a whole, that says something. Yeah, it says so much about, you know, the, you know, the, the time back then, but um, so yeah, I wasn't very, it, I didn't have to really watch, you know, my weight. In fact, I did get a little too thin and they told me that I was going to be kicked out of the agency and I needed to fatten up. I was like, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's not what you would, did you, did you run into any like of the models that we know, like any Tyra's, Naomi's, like Linda Evangelista? No, there was like a, there was one model and I can't remember, it was a Kate something. It's always a Kate something. All the model, all the famous models are Kate something. 
but there was a well-known plus size model that um, I modeled with once. And she was like the, um, who's that beautiful girl who's Ashley Graham. She was like, she was like yeah. the 90s Ashley Graham. And I can't for the life of me remember her last name. But no, I didn't. It was, it was really such a specialty um, division of Ford models at that time. And I think it was pretty new. Um, so it, we kind of kept to ourselves as, as you know, full-figured ladies. <laughs> So you were already in design, like before you met, like when you left there, you went into design. That was before you even met Jack, like you started in design. Yeah. So I, when I had my second child, I was already into a remodel on the house that I still live in um, here in Sherman Oaks, mid-century modern. I, I, you know, soup to nuts remodeled it, took it down to the studs, changed everything. And then at the same time was building a house with my mom, a little beach house at a place called Paradise Cove here in Malibu. Uh, for my family. So I was doing that at the, at the same time. And then a friend of mine in Hancock Park bought a house and she wanted my help, she said, which turned into a year long job. So I kind of just started doing it without even realizing that this was a career until I woke up one day and I was like, wait a minute, this is a job. This is what I do. I'm going to, you know, I'm a designer, a builder. And then shortly after that, my, when I had my aha moment, I um, met Jeff Lewis. And you just figured it all out? Like you just, I mean, I wouldn't know how to do any of that. I just figured it out. I, I honestly had never, you know, my mom, when I was young, would buy houses and pretty much flip them. So I kind of learned the process through her, almost by osmosis, you know, by proxy. But I didn't really understand the steps until I, until I started doing it from my own home. And that was like trial by fire. I made so many mistakes, mistakes that I see to this day that drive me nuts. But that was kind of the best learning experience, the best sort of, you know, design school I could have ever attended. Yeah. And then how'd you meet Jeff? Like, where did you meet Jeff? It's a funny story. So I had been watching Flipping Out, like everybody else, I think two seasons, was a fan, 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 died for him, uh, felt like I knew him, this guy, I'm going to be friends with him one day, you know, Zoila, love everything. And I was at a restaurant here in the Valley. Um, and they had at the time, it wasn't called a gender neutral bathroom. It was called like a co-ed bathroom, or, but it was, it was a gender neutral bathroom. And I walked in and bam, there's Jeff Lewis standing in the bathroom. And I did what everybody does. <gasps> oh my God, it's Jeff fucking Lewis. And you know, and he was really sweet and gracious and asked me my name, which he always does. And who am I? And, da, da, da. and I explained to him, I said, I'm a new designer and I watch your show and I'm really inspired by your, you know, your work. And he was like, come over to the table, meet Ryan Brown. And I, you know, I got their cards and asked if I could send them my portfolio and have a meeting with them. And I did. And I had a couple, an interview with Jeff and an interview with his partner. And then I ended up working for Jeff. <laughs> and he was really just a chick. He wasn't like, wait, like you're a designer. Like, was this set up? Are you stalking me? No, he was really, I guess, I mean, I charmed him. Um, but he, yeah, just right off the bat, he said, you know, I would love to meet you. Send me, you know, send me your portfolio and let's set up a meeting. And he followed through. I, I sent him a gift though. I was smart. After that meeting, I did go to Fred Siegel here in Hollywood and I bought him a beautiful shirt and I bought his partner, Ryan Brown, a really nice vase in the Fred Siegel wrapping and I had it sent to their offices. And then they called me, called me in for the interview. So you so. knew like bribery was the way to get to Jack. It is. Come on. I knew back then. Yeah, of course. Were you like freaking out when you went over to the table and it was Ryan? It's like, oh my God, everyone from the show. I don't know how I kept my wits about me. I was shaking. You know, I was, 
I was dressed horribly. I don't know what I was thinking, but I was so nervous, but I kept it together. And you have to also remember that I did work for Steven Spielberg and, you know, Al Pacino and Leonardo DiCaprio. I had a pretty big history with famous people. So I knew how to handle myself. So I had a little bit of training uh, with the big guns. Uh, so I was, it, it worked. And, and, but the thing that really freaked me out was when I went on the interview and Zoila opened the door. That's when I was like, this is a little surreal. And there's, you know, his animals that I have been watching on television. And then in saunters Jenny. And I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm sitting in an episode of my favorite show right now. And that was so awesome. You're like, this just isn't for TV. All these people really do work together. They really do work. And they really do what they do on television. Yeah, it was like an eye-opening moment. And it was really exciting for me. Do you have any interesting Al Pacino or Leonardo DiCaprio stories? Oh, God, yeah. Um, when I was working for Leo, he, his mom let me, his, his mom was so sweet, Ermelin, let me stay at his beach house in Malibu for a weekend. I was dating somebody who was living in Canada, having a long-distance relationship. And he came to town, and they let me have the beach house. And I didn't tell him where we were going. And we walked in, and we walk into this beach house, and everything was Titanic. Titanic towels, Titanic poster, Titanic, you know, everywhere. And so he did look at me and he's like, is this Leo's house? Like, yes, it's Leo's house. So that was, that was pretty amazing. Um, So wait, so his beach house, like the towels actually said, like it was all like just Titanic paraphernalia. It was, it was, I don't think that's something he would do now, but back then, and again, this was like early nineties, um, that he was, yeah, he was, I think the film wasn't even that, that it wasn't that old. And so, yeah. And it was also not his main house. It was, you know, a, and he hardly went there. So I think they, it was probably his mom who did it, <laughs> but it was a dead giveaway. <laughs> I mean, it's on brand. It's like a beach house Titanic. I can kind of yeah, see the tie in. It's, it's thematic. But like yeah. the furniture was all like Titanic-esque? No, no, no. The furniture was all, uh, I remember it was the best bed I've ever slept in in my life. I had to like look at the mattress and see what kind of mattress it was. No, everything was very tasteful, but there were like dead giveaways with the Titanic towels and robes and the poster of Leo and yeah. So that That's, was pretty fun. And there was a poster too? There was a poster. There was a poster. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of funny. I know. I know. So after you got this job, so you wanted the job, so like- I mean, okay, so you wanted the job for Jeff, like, because you really were a designer, but then, like, part of you was probably, like, fan, like you said, fangirling out at the same time. Yes. I mean, you know, I I really wanted to work for him. My portfolio was great. He hired me on the spot, literally hired me on the spot. And then, (laughs) this is kind of funny, he hired me on the spot, and then I didn't hear from him until a year later. So he hired he hired me and then I started working for him a year later. He was going through something. I don't know what, I don't know something in his life or his business. And he wasn't able to take on a new employee, but he did follow through and Gage called me a year later and said, do you want to come in and meet with Jeff? And I was, you know, hells yeah. So, um, it was a little bit of a delayed hiring, shall we say. So by, the, ta- so by the time you started working with him, like was Ryan still there or Ryan? No, I think they had parted ways. So that was, I started working for him around season four yeah and they, had, they had had their falling out and parted ways and then you started on the show so when you started working from like would you do come on the show right away i don't think so yeah, you know but there's you did. i did a little bit do you remember when um trace was working for him 
And yeah, that was all going on. I was, and Sarah, his, his sister-in-law's sister, and we had their, uh, her bachelorette party in Vegas. So I don't know if that was season four or season five, but thereabouts, we did a, um, a house beautiful uh, kitchen in New York. I was there for that. So I was around in bits and pieces. Like you would see me here and there, but not as a main character, which is what I eventually became. Until season know. seven. Yeah. Now, I don't know, I mean, working for Jeff now, I don't know if you follow Trace on Instagram currently. I don't follow him, but I have seen some of his Instagrams, the uh, naked, you know. Listen, Trace, Trace is one of my Instagram obsessions, okay? Oh, well, he looks good. He does. Listen, I thought he looked good back then, but he's, he's kept he's, it he's together. A, he's a good-looking guy, and if you, if you got it, flaunt it, right? If you got it flaunted. So I know, I mean, what happened with him and Jeff? Like, I for, I mean, like. I think I it just was like a natural, you know, what happens is, and, it, you know, it's happening right now, too. Um, I think what happens is he brings on some young, talented people. And they spend, you know, a good amount of time working for him and learning and he grooms them. And then they eventually fly the coop. You know, it's kind of like, it, it's sort of what happens. People want to go pursue their own careers and they've, they've gotten to the end of the road with him, you know, and, and either it's burnout or they want to go pursue their own careers. They've learned enough. There's no sort of, there's nowhere for them to go. Um, and they eventually go off and do their own thing. And I think it was just one of, he, he really, he thought of traces like a, you know, like a son, like they were very, very, very tight. So, um, that was just sort of, it just happens all the time. That makes sense. Yeah. Did you have, so like when you worked for him and like you were kind of getting phased onto the show as a main character, did you, as you say, you like to be behind the cameras, were you ever like, I love my job, but I don't want to be on TV? Or were you like, all right, let's do this? I was, I was into it. I was into it. It, it was fun. You know, the, the, way that, the way that it happens, the way they shoot is you do forget that the cameras are there. There is a part of you that forgets because you are working. You're, you're not pretending to work you're doing all the things you would do if the cameras weren't there. You know, a lot of the filming was just me and everybody else in the office on our computers for three hours in a row. Really boring footage, you know? Um, Cause what we're doing is we're looking up inspiration pictures and we're looking at design, you know? So a lot of it, a lot of action wasn't happening. So we were genuinely working, so you forget. But I, you know, it was always fun to watch the episodes and see, you know, all the laughter and the banter and the funny moments that you remember happening and them capturing them on film was, you know, that was always great. I, you know, I liked it. I really liked being a part of the show. Did you ever look back? Cause you, I mean, you kind of stayed out of all the drama for the most part. Yeah. For the most part, I was a little bit of the peacekeeper and just, you know, laughed along and didn't, there was no real um, conflict except when I kept quitting. You know, when I kept quitting, I, there would be, I don't think until the very last season, did you see me quit on camera? It was always, at, you know, off camera. But yeah, I came and went quite a few times. And Jeff was just like, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. He said, well, the last time we had several conversations where he's like, you know, I'm not going to be your safety net anymore. If you're leaving this time, you're leaving. You're, there's no coming back. That door is closing. And now I'm on a radio show with him. So I don't, I think we'll probably always be together. Seriously. <laughs> So I guess also like watching the show, like you kind of knew what to expect. Like you didn't have that big, like, oh my God, Jeff is, there's nothing wrong with it. Cause I love OCD. I love all that. Like, when did you first realize like, oh no, Jeff is, you know, a little different than some others. On my first day. So 
I came to work and sat down at the desk where they told me, and then I got up to use the restroom or to get something, and Trace looked at me and he goes, honey, you need to push your chair in every time you get up from your desk. And I was like, oh, okay. And I went up and I pushed my chair in and I never left my chair out again. And that was when I realized he likes things the way he likes them. And, you know, and we all kind of looked out for each other, the people who worked in the office, you know, so, but yeah, he's, he's definitely regimented. Do you guys know that the holidays are the busiest and most stressful time of the year? Well, this year, I'm calm and cool and collected thanks to Talkspace. Talkspace offers both therapy and psychiatry right from the comfort of my phone. I can reach out to my provider anytime, anywhere. And let's face it, there's a lot of family involved during the holiday season. Well, listen, with Talkspace, I'm able to talk out all of my family issues. There's no more need to commute to appointments and miss time at work and line up and wait. It's right from the comfort of your own home or phone from wherever you are. It's mental health care made easy. You just easily sign up online and you get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you. And you don't have to wait for that. That usually happens within 48 hours. As a listener behind the velvet rope, you get $100 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash velvet. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash slash velvet to get a hundred dollars off your first month. That's right. Talkspace.com slash velvet. Then you were like, okay, wait, that's not for TV. That's real. Legit. It's a real thing. He straightens everything on his desk. Everything has to be in perfect, you know, alignment. Oh yeah. 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 What's like, cause you never really got yelled at on camera. Like what's like one time when you just, you screwed up and Jeff was just like, Megan, we are, you know, what he just gave it to you. I think there were times where he would, it it wasn't ever on camera, but if I was a little bit, if I didn't do the work and check my work, do you know what I mean? If I, if I was a little lazy or did it half-ass, well, he always says that I'm half-ass, but um, if I just didn't check my work properly or misspelled something or left something out, he'd be like, you're so lazy, you know, but I never got screamed at. We, we've never had any kind of major conflict, I'm happy to say, in our entire time together, which is- That's really good. Unless we did and I'm just blocking it out, like PTSD. But I, no, I I honestly don't think we've ever had a big blowout. Who who would like always kind of get it the most in the office? Well, there was a guy named Andrew Coleman who was on season seven, I think. Yeah, I remember him. I think he he was after Trace, right? I think. Yes. He was, he was, he was at the house on, um, uh, not Nottingham. What was that house? Uh, anyway, in Los Feliz, that big house that he lived in with Gage. Yeah. I think he got the brunt of the teasing and the, you know, the, the, the practical jokes, putting spiders on his computer and just really razzing him. And he, he took, he took a lot, that kid. <laughs> he took a lot of abuse. Who got it worse between Zoila and Jenny? Oh, they both did. I would have to say Zoila. I would have really? to, yeah, because, you know, Jenny was always pretty much in on the joke and she was sort of, she was such a clown um, and so funny and so, you know, just so much fun to watch and, with her antics. And then Zoila was too, but sometimes when Zoila didn't want to be teased or pushed, she would not have it. She would get really, <laughs> she'd get really upset. Were those lunches as good as they seem? Because listen, when I think of flipping out, it's always, I mean, there's a lot of things I think about, but those lunches. Oh, those lunches were great. And, you know, that was another thing about, I'll have to say, I didn't love being on camera while I was eating, you know? But here's the thing. 
everybody was eating. It was, it was a part of our, you know, daily ritual. And I mean, he still does that to this day with his office. He orders lunch in. It's always a delicious lunch, whatever you want. And you sit around the table for a good half hour and shoot the shit, you know? Um, so yeah, those lunches were iconic. They definitely were. They were iconic. And that famous, that Mexican restaurant you guys always ate at. Casa Vega. Yeah. Casa Vega. Yum, yum. Um, when did you last speak to Zoila? Do, do Zoila at Monroe's last birthday party. So when, when, uh, a year ago, I saw her. So Monroe will be turning four at the end of this month. Wow. And Zoila was at her birthday last year. And she's so, doing well. She's doing great. She looks great. And you know, her sister works for Jeff as a housekeeper right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she, you know, she's never far. I think she lives in Nicaragua and visits, you know, from time to time. But her and Jeff still speak. Yeah. And she's fully retired and just enjoying life. Yeah, she's doing her thing, you know, spending time with her family, as she should. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you were all kind of fan favorites. I mean, everyone loved Jenny, everyone loved Zoila, and everyone loved you. Aw, thank you. Yes, it was, um, it was a tight-knit group, and, you know, it was a really fun time. Well, you know, like, in a way, like, that's how Bravo has kind of changed, because they had these shows, like, Flipping Out, like, Mil- Millionaire Matchmaker, like, yeah. Workout. You know, like you said, like, you guys were really working. Like, they used to have, like, these shows developed around, like, one person, but, like, real businesses. Yes. Not, not that it's such a change, but, like, they don't really have those type of shows on the network it, anymore. I know. It feels like, to me, like, some of the things I've heard about shows like um, um, The Millionaire. What, what's the, the, the real estate show? Um, Million Dollar Listing. There you go. So... Things like when I when they're showing a house, and then I've heard that that person really wasn't interested, and it was just to show that I get like it's it's I really get disappointed because I want to believe that everything I watch is real, sort of like our show was. But the the reality is that our show was a more of a docu series than a reality TV show. So nothing was produced. It was all everything that happened actually happened. The producers didn't you know uh, put you know muddy the waters and try and produce us, and so it was all very real. Jeff brought enough drama to have it be real. He really did. He really did. Everybody brought enough drama. Do you know any of, because like you guys flip houses, like do you know any of those agents like Tracy Tudor, like Josh Altman, Josh Flagg? I think that Jeff's friendly uh, with, I think he's Jeff's friendly with the Altmans and Josh Flagg and um, all, I th- because Jeff's been in this business for so long, he's also been such a staple at Bravo that he's, he's very friendly with a lot of the people on these other Bravo shows. Totally. So, yeah, I, I don't know any of them. Personally. You never like met any of them or like you never had like your hit list or. No, not on that show. Not on that show. No, I do like watching it, but no, I'm not I, more like, um, I, I don't know if you know, but I'm more friends with a couple of the housewives. Like Kelly Dodd is a really good friend of mine. I just celebrated her birthday uh, last weekend, which was fun. I was going to say, I saw on your Instagram, you were at Kelly Dodd's birthday. I was, I was. How was that? Oh, we had a blast. We ended up going to um, a little tasting room winery in Los Olivos called the Hideaway Low, which I highly recommend to anybody who's into wine. Um, Friends of mine own it, obviously. And Kelly knows them. And so we hung out at their tasting room in Los Olivos and we had the best time. We had a lovely dinner at the Hitching Post. I got to meet her fiance, Rick. Um, They're getting married in a few days, uh, nine days. So, um, yeah, so, but yeah, and, and, and Teddy Mellencamp, you know, I did her program and, and she's lovely. Um, but Jeff's, Jeff's very familiar and friendly with a lot more of the housewives. Shannon Bedore is great. 
Totally. Um, yeah. So it's always, it's just, the, it's the Bravo, you know, glue that, that keeps those people together. How's Kelly? Does she talk to you about like, oh my God. Yeah. Well, I, pair, I mean, um, now she's close with Shannon. Yeah, they're really close. Um, they, I think they live in the same neighborhood. They're gearing up for the reunion, I think, is shooting at the end of this year, uh, I think she mentioned. And so they're done shooting the actual show. Isn't it premiering this month? Yeah, premieres like in... Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. No, she, doesn't, she didn't let a lot out of... She didn't, lot of, didn't let a lot of cats out of the bag. So, she doesn't say, guess what? I have to talk to you today about Vicki Gobelson. No, 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 no. She didn't. She doesn't. She's, uh, you know, she's focused right now. She's having a wedding and, you know, her big, you know, her, her, her big new life. And um, she's really happy and she looks great and good things are happening for her and her business. So, um, no, she didn't let, she didn't, you know, and I don't, I try to keep that boundary in place. You know, I don't want to dig she you know i have a radio show and she's on a reality show and sometimes you just want to respect those those boundaries totally yeah like you know if you want to book someone that like maybe she doesn't get along with right and also i you know i don't want to be tempted to spill the beans on jeff lewis live you know and if he knows that i know something he's gonna try and get out of me that is true with your friends in these this kind of a business you sort of want to just be respectful what about Teddy? Because, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people, like, I know that Ron, you know, like, her program came under all this. It did. Yeah, it came under attack. It did. How was the program? Well, we talked, Jeff and I talked about this on Jeff Lewis Live uh, last week, I think. Um, you know, listen, when you start the program, there, and the program's called All In, uh, when you start the program, there is no secret about it being a tough program, you know, and and they let you know that, you know, if this, if this is hard. And if you're, if you're not up for it, you're not ready for the challenge. I suggest you don't do it, but if you're up for it and you're ready for the challenge and to really, you know, get your body, you know, going, um, then do it. So, you know, I'm not going to say it wasn't hard. It was a very difficult, um, program, you know, and, but it was very successful. I lost a lot of weight. Jeff lost a lot of weight. We had a great time laughing about, you know, being hungry and how much cardio we did and ultimately I kept going, you know, Jeff did the, the initial two weeks and then I stayed with the program and, you know, look, my experience was positive. I really liked my coach. Um, I didn't feel, you know, very bullied, you know, they, they, they have to like, you know, whip you into shape a little bit. If you're, you know, if, if it looks like you're falling off or you're not sticking to the program, that's what accountability is. And so it, you know, I'll say it was very effective and it worked for me and I liked my coach and I liked Teddy very much. So you know, people have different experiences with different, you know, different things. So you didn't feel like you were eating like 200 calories a day or whatever. No, 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 no. I mean, look, your calories, look, your calories, calories are restricted on the diet, but you know, there's a lot of people who do these fasts. The prolon fast is really popular. The five, two program is there's millions of books about it on those two days. You're eating 500 calories. So you know what I mean? Like, why is her program, because it's calorie, calorie restrictive, under attack, and all of these other programs aren't? It's kind of, I think there's something about the celebrity and the housewife that has something to do with the, the attacks. 
You mean there might be more to Teddy Mellencamp's all-in program than meets the eye? But listen, who am I to say anything bad about Ms. Mellencamp? Megan deep dives. We deep dive this program. We talk more about Teddy, more about Housewives. Part two is coming soon, guys. This was only the first part of our chat with Miss Megan Weaver. We cover more about Gage and Jenny, Zoila, everything. Just got a lot going on. We just talk about it all. I mean, do we love Megan's Leonardo DiCaprio story? How great was that? Um, do you know that that made national press all over the world? Crazy, right? Anyway, part two coming soon with Miss Megan Weaver. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.